brand new series that we're kicking off entitled Pure Gold. Thank you to them. They're amazing, amazing family. Mr. and Mrs. Barry, well done. You've raised some all-stars. Just in the fact that they can memorize all that. But man, you've raised them in the things of God and we honor you too today. Thank you. Um, what a powerful, powerful um, just image of wisdom today. Uh, this series was pressed on my heart as I was um, laid up for some time when I had surgery. Um, I was just discovering where God's taking us as a church. And uh, it, was, it was one of those days where you just kind of flip open the Bible, right? I don't do them often, but sometimes I just, I just do one of these, right? And it, and it opened, and it was Proverbs 1. It just happened. It was, the, it was cool. And um, I read it, and I read a Proverbs every day. I try to at least associate a Proverbs with the day. Um, there's 31 uh, chapters in Proverbs. There's uh, Some months there's 30, some months there's 31 days, right? That's a little nugget for you. Do that in your devotional time. And I read Proverbs 1 through 7, which we're going to read this morning. And I immediately felt compelled by the Holy Spirit that as a church, a new church, a, a, a church plant, if you want to call it still, um, we need more than ever before, just even as a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, we need supernatural wisdom. Today, more than ever before in this world, we need wisdom from heaven. The world is offering every other solution, and people are running after every other solution instead of running to the word of God, which is rich, which is true, which is filled with life, which is filled with hope, which is never changing, never going to return void. I'm going to preach this morning. You're going to come with me. It's never going to return void, but today... More than ever, this is non-existent, and what we believe to be true is more in place, and what a depiction that, that man, fool's gold, it's everywhere. Fool's gold is everywhere, and over the course of the next couple weeks, we're going to discover what scripture, specifically what Proverbs has to say about some things, Amen. I was watching a video last night, my wife, or two nights ago, and um, I was discovering some things about gold as I was studying and preparing, and this video is from like 1970, it was on YouTube, I love YouTube, it's awesome, you find all information there on YouTube. Um, I broke into a car this week because of YouTube, side story, another, another side story, one of our guys locked his keys in the car, YouTube tells you everything, it's brilliant, got right in there, superhero, pastor up during the day, superhero at night, you're welcome. So I was watching YouTube, and it was about gold and how they seek out gold and how they find gold and how gold is then refined through a process. And there was a lot of powerful things in this short video. We're going to get to Scripture in a second. But you got to catch this about gold. There's some things about gold that most people don't understand. First and foremost, gold is one of the easiest moldable, shapeable metals out there. The, the way that our currency is backed by is gold. It's the most valuable, but it's also the most shapeable. I think what we have to ask ourselves is a couple questions as I go through this. What's shaping our lives? What's literally shaping our lives? Our spirits are shapeable. Our, our bodies, our minds, our souls are moldable. What's molding you? Better yet, who's molding your spirit? Right? Gold in the natural state is usually combined when it's found with other metals. You guys may know this. I did not. It's usually got silver in there. It's got other types of metals that's wrapped around it. And it's funny that that gold in the original form is not that appealing. It just looks like just this thing, right? It's wrapped with all these other things. But the thing about gold is you got to go looking for it. Thank you. you got to go looking for gold. 
You want pure gold? You want the real thing? You don't want the, the, the extra stuff with it? You've got to go searching for it. I loved uh, gold movies, like when they were gold miners and people that were going out to find the trails and find gold. I loved those movies growing up. I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to get that thing on the beach, you know, that little metal detector thing. I wanted to find gold on the beach. My parents thought I was nuts. But you've got to go find. You've got to go look for pure gold. You have to. You've got to search the scriptures, it's often found, believe it or not, in caves. Someone said to me today, JP, you're in a cave right now. I said, I am. We've had some things happen this week. I felt like I was in a cave, but guess what? The best things are in caves. But when the cave, they, the way that they extract the gold out of the cave is they literally blow it up. <laughs> they don't like chisel, hammer, like real delicate. They take that thing, they stick some dynamite in that cave, and they blow that thing up. What I'm praying for, what I'm believing for for this series, that the Holy Spirit's going to blow up anything that is not of him. It's going to blow up any religious thoughts that we've had before. It's going to blow up worldly knowledge, worldly depth. This is where we're going as a church. I'm not going to be some little cool, uh, let's drink on some milk. I'm eating some meat. We're going to blow up. I'm going to believe it, that the Holy Spirit's going to blow up the things, and out of it's going to come the pure gold. Out of it's going to come the riches of heaven. And then, you know, they got to separate it, right? So once it's blown up, they gather it. I'm giving context. This is an intro message. We'll get to some scripture here in a second. But once they blow it up, right, then they got to recover it. they got to grab it, and they take it through an extensive process of separating it, you know, looking through it. you got to decide today what you're going to separate what you're going to let go of, what you're going to push to the side, what you're going to heed the voice of the Holy Spirit to push aside of your life. I am never, let, let me say this as a pastor, I don't want to be your voice of conviction. I don't. I'll preach the word, I'll give you the word, I'll tell you what it says, but I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you when you walk out of here, when you're out through week. But here's the deal, you got to listen to him. And you got to say, okay, you know what, yeah, i got to separate some stuff here in my life to get the purest gold of heaven. And then finally, when the gold's separated, when it's there, what they do is they stick it in a furnace, a pit of fire. Over a thousand degrees. Over a thousand degrees, the temperature of that is. And what happens is, it was so fascinating to me. What happens is, is all the extra stuff that's on the piece of gold starts to fall off. And what happens is, is the gold becomes stronger, it becomes more weightier, and it falls to the bottom. The bad stuff comes to the top. You would think the opposite, right? I would. I was watching this YouTube. I was like, I need to fact check this, fake news, right? I need to check this. But it's real. Every person that was there that I read up on the internet, because no one lies on the internet, I was like, this is real. The thick gold, the real stuff, falls to the bottom and stays in the fire. It doesn't come to the top. See, some of you this morning, you want wisdom, you want discernment, you want to know what's next, but you're not willing to stay in the fire a little longer for let God to reveal it, for let God to show you, for let God to keep you in there. This is where we're going as a church. And after that refinement process, right, it's 99.9% uh, pure. What I want is 100% purity from heaven. I want us to walk as people that have 100% Clarity, insight, discernment, wisdom, guidance, discipline beyond our ages. Beyond our ages. I want this. Wisdom and knowledge that comes from the mouthpiece of Jesus. Proverbs 8.19 says, my gifts are better than gold, even the purest of gold. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Proverbs 1.7. I'm going to read it. We're going to keep going. Such a fascinating image of gold. 
the, the good stuff stays in the fire. You separate it. You get the good stuff. You let the rest of that stuff, that nonsense, come up and be scraped off and just let go in your life. It's a choice. It's a heart choice. It's a heart choice. But Proverbs 1 through 9, we're going to read this as an introduction to the sermon series. And it says this. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Their purpose is to, everyone say, teach people wisdom and discipline. To help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. To help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. You've never arrived. You don't know it all. I've said it constantly, and I'll keep saying it because what happens in the life of the believer is, I know what Jesus has done for me. I know what he's, he saved me from. I'm good. You're not good. It's a journey. It's a faith walk. You become wiser every single day you're with Jesus. Let those with understanding receive guidance. By exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and the riddles, and this is what we're going to focus on, fear of the Lord is the foundation. Fear of the Lord is the beginning, in another translation. The beginning, the foundation. This is the foundation of what we're covering, of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Jesus, these are your words. I pray, God, that we discover you more today, that we learn from you. God, would you just refine us today? Would you take the things that don't belong and would you bring them to the surface and would you take them off of us? Would we be obedient enough to allow it? We love you. We ask you to continue to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I don't have long, but one of the things that I want to really focus on is verse 7 in that passage of Scripture. Fear of the Lord is the beginning. The only way, guys, I'm going to say this, the only way to gain wisdom, to gain knowledge, to gain insight, to walk in it, to be strong, to be courageous, to do what God's called you to do. The only way is a deep desire of having the fear of the Lord. There's not another way. Today, I want us more than ever as a church to, to grasp this, to understand this, to have a deep uh, resolve in our hearts that the only way that we're going to walk in what God's called us to walk, the only way we're going to do what God's called us to do, the only way that you as people, whether you believe this or not, are going to have the life that you want is if we walk in the fear of the Lord. Churches don't like talking about this. Perfect love casts out all fear, right? It's a scripture. We're going to talk about that in a second. But I believe more than ever we are in a generation where people do not fear God. They don't fear God. You know why? Because no one's telling them. They, they don't fear God. I've said this often, but it's almost like this world of my truth, right? I believe my truth. You believe your truth, and we'll just be friends. Guess what? Let me just give you a quick example. This is extreme, right? Everyone say it. Extreme. There we go. I believe my truth. You should never kill anybody, right? Don't do it. It's not good. It's not healthy. It's not helpful. It's sad. It's disgusting. It's evil. But this person, because they believe their truth, says, it's okay to kill anybody you want to. You get this. This is how drastic this is going to keep going if we allow this to keep going. 
right? Because then they're going to say, you have your truth, I have my truth, we don't believe each other, but guess what? I'll do what I want to do, you do what I do, and we'll just all get along. How many of you know something? If this person believes that, the world is going to be chaotic beyond what it already is today. See, this is how it's truth. Well, that's real extreme, JP. Just take any point. Relationships, jobs, hearing the voice of God, how you live, how you act. You believe what you believe. I believe what I believe. And we'll see who's right. Guess who is right? This. 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 See, the my truth stuff, I believe it. It's an attack on this generation. It's a, it's a pure-on attack that, like, hey, listen, just, just love everybody. Hey, listen, we're a church that loves everybody. I don't care what you walked in here with. I don't care whoever walks in these doors. I will never care. We are open, armed, arms open. We're not going to look. We're not going to condemn. We're not going to tell them anything. But guess what? We're going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit for fear of heaven to fall upon their hearts. For the Holy Spirit's conviction to come and to move in this place. Every time we gather as a church, I want the fear of the Lord to be at the forefront. To be at the forefront of our hearts. Well, fear, JP, that's a, that's a, that's a harsh word. But I really believe I want pure gold. No longer a fool's product of gold, but the pure refined gold. Fool's gold looks good from afar, but it's far from good. Right? Fool's gold from afar. If I brought up two pieces of gold right here, and I had fool's gold and pure gold, and I shined, I just held it in my hand. From a distance, from afar, it would look really good. If I put it under this light, guess what happens? The fool's gold stops shining, and the real gold starts shining. What is shining in our hearts? What is shining out of our lives? What are we desiring? Guys, we don't have time to play. We don't have time to say, hey, five years from now, ten years from now, that's when I'll take my walk with Jesus a little bit more serious. People are dying, right? People are dying in the city. People are lost in the city. People are hopeless in the city. And guess what? You have the greatest news for them. So are we going to allow them to walk in fool's gold? Are we going to say, hey, it looks good. It feels good. But guess what? It's going to leave you empty and void and with nothing. I got something that's pure gold. I got something that's greater than pure gold. The words of heaven. We're going to cover a couple topics this week, these weeks. Relationships, counsel, and wisdom, right? Counsel, the power of words. Hello. Let me just say this. Don't hear anything else. I'm learning this. We're discovering this as a team, interns. We will, Scripture says, be accountable for every single word we say here on earth. (laughs) Bless you all. Have a great day. God bless you. We'll see you next week. I'll pray for you, right? Like, <laughs> every, Jesus, you mean every, every word. This is why we need this. We need the foundation of this so that whatever we speak, whatever we say, will be pure, will be life-giving. Will be f- There's enough hate being spewed out there. I don't care if you, it's in the church and it's not in the church. It's not us against them. There's enough of it going around everywhere. And we have to make a decision as a church that we're going to speak life. We're going to speak hope. We're going to speak truth. We're going to cover a couple of these, but the first and foremost, I've said it a lot. I got to hurry. Praise the Lord. But we believe that the Lord is the giver of wisdom, but the only way we are going to gain anything is the first thing is this. Gaining wisdom only comes from the fear of the Lord. Gaining wisdom, gaining insight. I said it. It only comes from 
the fear of the Lord. See, in verse 7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Another passage in Proverbs, see, there's a lot of them, right? There's a, there's a reason. Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snare of death. Isn't that awesome? Fear, right? Whoa, fear, fear, fear. But fear is one that will save you, will give you a fountain of life, and will save you from the snares of death. The fear of the Lord. This is scripture. Do you believe this? I believe this. I want to be saved from the snares of death. Anybody else? <laughs> Two of us. I want that. Fear of the Lord. Proverbs 19.23, the fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. You mean to tell me the fear of the Lord makes my life rests satisfied? I want it. I want to rest satisfied. Anybody want to have a good night's rest satisfied? Anybody want to be renewed every single day? I do. I want to rest satisfied. He will not be harmed. See, the Hebrew verb and the Greek verb of this original word of fear in Scripture, let me give you a little bit of insight here. It's a good word. It's not the negative connotation that the world has put on fear. There's two different kinds of fear. There's reverent fear, and then there's the world fear. There's two different. In Scripture, what this is talking about is, hey, you don't walk around as a believer of Jesus Christ afraid all the time. Fear is the most, I'm going to say this, this is not theologically all you out there, awesome, love you, but I'm going to say this. Fear is the most acceptable sin in the church. We blanket everything with, I just, it's not my time yet. I don't know yet. I don't want to take that step yet. What am I doing right now? I don't even know. I'm like dancing. My ankle feels amazing. But we blanket, right? We blanket fear. We mask it and we walk in fear and just say, just accept me because I'm afraid. It's the most accepted thing today. Right? But this isn't the fear that we're talking about. See, this fear is good fear. A reverent fear. I don't mean to pick on the generation today. I'm that, I'm in the generation today. Right? I'm one of us. But old or young, I don't care who you are, like, we have lost the reverency of God. We've lost it. We just said, hey, you know, whatever. That doesn't work. It didn't work for me. It, he didn't save me. He didn't, he didn't get me out of that midst. He didn't, he didn't come through the way I thought he wanted to come through. So guess what? He doesn't deserve my praise. He doesn't deserve my adoration. Guess what? Just stay in the fire a little longer and watch what comes to the surface and what stays in it. There's a reverent fear in Scripture that we have to come to grips with as a church. Are we going to walk in a reverent fear? And Can I say it this way? In awe of God. It's an awe. Reverency is an awe. Like, whoa. Whoo. God, this is you? I, I had the moment. I, I was like losing my mind over there. Some of y'all are like, dude, chill. But this morning, it was, a, it was a hard thing to get to this place. But I was over there, and I, I'm going to be honest with you. God met me right there. That sounds weird, JP. It happens in this church. And I met him, and he just said, yo, be still. Be still, just stand face to face with me. Look into the beauty of my face. And I was like, yo. See, it's, it's not for hands clap. It's not for that. It's because he's so good that I have an awe-inspiring, reverent fear that, hey, whatever you say, God, whatever you take me, God, whatever you do want me to do, God, I'm going to do it. Because it's better than what I was doing. Yeah, some of you know what I'm talking about. You were saved from much. And you know what it feels like to not be saved from much. 
So when you're saved for much, it's an awe-inspiring. It's an awe like, yeah, God, you're good. Woo! What if we just start walking around the streets of Chicago? God, you're good. Woo! Weirdo, weirdo, weirdo. Good. That's good. Bless you. God, I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. You've saved my life. You've changed me from the, I'm in awe of you. God, nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to slow me down. I don't care. I got one shot here. I am in reverent fear of you. What you say to me, help me to do. What you call me to do, help me to be in that call. What you tell me, help me to walk in it. See, he's not going to call you to things. He's not going to tell you things without helping you get through those things. The call of God will never take you where the grace of God doesn't cover you. Right, but it's, it's a reverent fear of God. Maybe today, just maybe, you need to just take some time today and just say, God, I want a reverent fear of you. Show me your beauty. Let me gaze upon your beauty. The world and everything else, I don't, I don't man, that's nonsense. I want beauty. I want pure gold. I want pureness from you. I want what you may have for me. There's a reverent fear, and then there's the world fear. See, even in James, it talks about how the demons even know Jesus' name, and they tremble at it. They tremble. See, they tremble. Demons! Woo! Well, now we're talking about, like, weird things. Demons, all this other stuff that awaits us here. It's scripture. It's true. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. It's a real thing. And we're called to pray and intercede and believe God for more. But listen, the demons, James says, trembles at the name of Jesus. You know why? They know who won the victory. They know they're done. Right? They know that, but they have, I believe, they know who and how great and how powerful our God is. And they tremble. They tremble. If the demons tremble at the name of Jesus, may I tremble. And may I be in awe. May I not be in afraid of it, but I, may I be shooken. Shooken? Shaken. I got a master's. I don't know how they gave it to me. I don't know how that happened. Praise the Lord. I want to shake when I'm in the presence of God. I want, to, I want everything that's on me that needs to come off. I want the Holy Spirit to shake me in the presence and the goodness of God. And I want pure gold to fill me. My prayer today, my prayer this sermon series is that we would walk in the reverent fear of the Lord. Peyton, come on up and we're going to finish up here. The second thing is this. Gaining wisdom requires discipline. Requires Discipline, verse 3, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. Catch that. Disciplined and successful lives. The world's success is different from the faith success, right? There's a difference there. But regardless, we are called to walk in disciplined lives. See, what was awesome about playing in sports all my life is it was always helpful to know the other team's game plan. Right? It was always helpful to know, hey, hey, we've watched film, we've discovered, we know what they're going to do. So, hey, we're able to beat them here because of what we know from them. See, this is what happens with Scripture. Scripture has told us what is going to happen. Scripture has said to us, this is what's going to come your way. This is how life's going to treat you. This is what's going to be thrown your way. Will you choose to be someone of discipline? See, I could have watched the film. I could have known all the information. But if I stepped foot on that field, right, and the moment I saw the play happening, even in soccer, there are plays, believe it or not, right? And if all of us did not move at one time together on the back line, 
to call them off sides, to draw them off sides, if one of us was not disciplined, if one of us just said, hey, forget you all, I'm going, which has happened, right? Guess what happens? We're down one nothing. We're losing. Because one person decided to do, see, this is what's happening in the church. People are just deciding to lose out on discipline and just do their own thing. In order to walk in the fear of God and to gain wisdom, we have to be people of discipline. We have to be disciplined people where our minds and our hearts are changed in his presence. They're renewed every day. I'm going to get alone with God. Fortnite's calling, I'm going to get alone with God. Netflix is calling, I'm going to get along with God. Drinks with friends, I don't want that. I want God's presence. I want to drink from his fountain. You know, like, it's a disciplined lifestyle. And if you don't want this, hey, we love you. And I believe you're going to know Jesus and you're going to experience it. But guess what? When you get to taste and see the goodness of God, you want to be people of discipline. You want to draw lines in the sand. It's an active, intentional training of our spiritual muscle to put our hearts towards wisdom and away from folly. See what discipline does? It pulls us away from folly, from fool's gold. And it places us in pure gold. It places us in strength. Anybody need to be strengthened? Every day my hand is up. I need strength. I need to be strengthened by the Lord, but strength comes through discipline. If I show up to the gym once a month, guess what? I am not going to be very strong. I don't care who you are. You are not going to be strong if you just show up. Some of us are just showing up, hitting the fob button and walking out so we get the health insurance plans. Instead of fobbing the button, get in there, putting some work in it so that you can be strengthened in it. Get in it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help us get in it. Ask the Holy Spirit to put us in places and spaces where we can learn, where we can grow, where we can have the fear of the Lord in our hearts and in our minds that we desire nothing else. JP, this is a very hard message. Guess what? Sorry. Sorry, not sorry, actually. Not sorry. Because guess what? I fear God more than I fear. And guess what? You know what I'm, you know why I believe this for our church? Because I want the best life for you. I want the abundant life for you. I don't want the things of the world for you that are going to steal, kill, and destroy you. I want what God has for you, which is hope, which is life, which is joy that surpasses all understanding, which is peace that surpasses all understanding. I want that for your lives. And this helps us get there. The third thing is this. We're almost done. Gaining wisdom fills the simple. See, in verse 4, in one of the translations, it says, these Proverbs will fill the simple will give life to the simple. See, that word simple is almost this idea of this empty container. Right? This empty container. And it, it was like, man, JP, you got an empty container sitting in front of you. You want to walk in wisdom. You want to walk in strength. You want to walk as a good leader, as a good husband, as a good man. You want to do these things. The, the, the container is empty. What are you putting in it? What are you filling it with? What are you allowing God to fill you with? Pastor Todd Lucas was at a prayer meeting a couple months back, and he gave such a powerful analogy, so I'm stealing it. Actually, it's borrowing. There's no stealing in the kingdom. But he had this cup of, uh, of empty. Uh, it was an empty solo cup, and he started to just dump water into it, right? And he said, this is our lives. What are we putting in? What are we putting in? And he said, you know what? I want my life to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I want it to be overflowing with the Holy Spirit. That man dumped water over the cup, spilled all over the office. It was beautiful. My, my OCD was like panicking, right? I was like, get the towels, wipe it up, right? But this is what I want for my life. I want my simple-mindedness. I want my simple cup. I want my empty container to be overflowing with the goodness and the grace and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. It only comes through reverent fear of God. But every day it promises us to fill it, to fill it, to bring more, to give more. If you seek him, you will find him. It's a promise. It's not a carrot string like just keep dangling out in front of him. No. Seek him and you will find him. Jesus, I'm here to seek you. I'm here to be filled by you. I want my empty container to be filled with supernatural wisdom beyond our years. I want to be able to speak to my coworker. I want to be able to speak even to my boss. The guy that, and the girl that's in charge, guess what? I want to have the wisdom from heaven to go to them and say, hey, in a God-honoring way, there's more. There's better. I'm in your corner. Hey, my neighbors... The ones that party till 2, 3 in the morning, I love you. I got something that's in my container that can be in your container. Let me show you something. Let me live it out in front of you. But let me tell you, let me, let me have the words from heaven to speak. You guys know you can have words from heaven to speak to people. But you got to ask them to fill the container, to fill the simple, to give you wisdom beyond our ears, I pray this prayer every single day. It's not a prideful thing, forgive me, but I pray, God, give me wisdom beyond my years. We're pastoring a church in Chicago at 31, and I'm not going to tell you Rachel's age. We need wisdom. Our team needs wisdom. We need wisdom. For, we want wisdom for you so that you can walk. You can walk in the authority of heaven. Do you know this as a believer? Let me just say this. Jordan, the man can come up. As you walk, you should walk with the authority of heaven. Yes. I'm just a Christian. I'm just a lay person. Guess what? You have been set free. You have the same power that's inside of you that raised Jesus from the dead. Start walking in some power. Start. Do you want it? Or do you want the simple life? I want the simple life. So much. I want the simple life sometimes. I do. But you know what I realize? It's not the life that God's called me. It's not the life that he died for for me. He didn't die for your simple life. He didn't. Last thing is this. Gaining wisdom opens up your heart to understanding. I, I talk to people a lot. I'm going to close here. This is my second close. I got one more. I talk to people a lot, and they're like, Pastor, help me understand what God's doing. Please, help me. And it's, it's, my, it's my responsibility as a, as a pastor, as a shepherd, to help shepherd people, right? But oftentimes, what I want to say to them, and so I'm going to say it in a public setting, so that none of you come back. I'm just kidding. But they're like, Pastor, help me understand what God's doing. And I say, have you sought God on this? Have you asked him to reveal what he's trying to do for you? Have you asked him to give you understanding? I'm just the pastor, but I'm not any better than you. I'm not any different from you. I don't hear from God any greater, any mightier than any of you have opened to you. It says the throne room of grace is open to all people. Yeah. My job in calling is different. Yeah. I'm going to shepherd. I'm going to guide. I'm going to direct. But guess what? You all can hear from him just the same way I do. Yeah. And when people are like, God, no, I need more, J.P., 
I need, a, I need a deeper answer. Sometimes the Lord gives me a deeper answer. Sometimes he doesn't. But guess what he does give? His word and everything you need is found in his word. And when you go to him and you say, I need understanding, God. I don't know why I just lost my job. I don't know why I just lost my loved one. I don't know why I just lost the baby. I don't know why. But guess what, God? You can show me. You can give me understanding. I don't know why these doors haven't opened up for me. I don't know why I haven't found Mr. and Mrs. Wright. I don't know why things keep happening the way they happen. But guess what, God? I fear you. I love you. You are good. So guess what? I don't need anything else except you. The fear of the Lord. The fear that this is good news. The fear of the Lord opens your heart to understanding from heaven. It gives you such depth, such clarity, such insight that when you get it, nothing shakes you. When you get clarity from heaven, you don't care what everybody else says. You don't care. I heard from heaven. And guess what? Can I say this? When you hear from heaven, 99.9% of the time, it's confirmed by somebody else in your life that's walking the same way that you're walking. But go to, that, go to God first. God, I love you. I stand in reverent fear of you. God, I need understanding. I need clarity. I feel like I'm in a fog. I feel like I'm lost. I feel like I'm forsaken. God, help me to understand what you're doing. Help me to understand. I want to know more. Because see, what I'm thinking may not be what you're thinking. Help my thoughts to be aligned with your thoughts. Help my heart to be aligned with your heart. Help my, my being to be aligned with your spirit, oh God. See, I'm going to close with this, the third close. We're done. It's hot in here, right? Woo! This is good, right? This is setting us up for the rest of the time. Invite your friends. Invite your family. This should be a church. I hope and pray that you want to invite friends too, right? You know, John 5, 19, Jesus is speaking, and he says to uh, the people there, he says, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of God can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees his Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. See, even Jesus, right, only did what his Father told him to do. He only said what his Father told him to say. He only walked in reverent fear of his Father. So if our end goal, right, if our, if our heart's desire is, hey, hey, Jesus, make me more like you. It's not, hey, Jesus, make me more like you, but I don't want to do what you've called me to do. It doesn't work that way. It's, hey, Jesus, make me more like you so that I can do what you've called me to do. Jesus, the mighty example. Well, he was Jesus. Well, guess what? He gave us an example. And once again, he gave us the same spirit that was in him as in us. So guess what? Hey, you're calling me. You're speaking to me. You want to refine some things in me. You want to take some things away from me. You want to remove some things from my life. You want to bring some things in my life. God, I'm open. I'll do what you've told me to do. I'll go where you've called me to go. I won't step unless you tell me to step. I won't move unless you tell me to move. I want you and you alone. This is the reverent fear of God. This is the goodness of our God. Today, he's for you, not against you. I don't care what you've thought or what you've heard. Jesus loves you. He died for you on a cross called Calvary. He raised to life three days later so that we could have hope. We could have life. We could have goodness. I don't know about you, but the reverent fear of God gets me excited, gets me filled with joy, gets me filled with life. I want that for you, and heaven wants that for you. Do you believe that he's good? Do you believe that he's for you? Do you believe that he's not against you? Do you believe that he's going to walk with you, talk with you, speak to you all the days of our life? Come on, church.